Welcome to Conversations with Christina podcast. I'm your host, Christina Miller. Today we're going to be talking about fearing the Lord, what that means, what that looks like, and what it has to do with shaping who you are and where you're going. I look forward to today's episode, so thanks for joining me. So today we're talking about fearing the Lord, and to really understand that, we have to honestly go back to the Hebrew language, because the word for fear um, has an even deeper meaning when you go back to its roots than what we have of the word fear today, because when we talk about fearing the Lord, I think we instantly go to scared, and without the deepness surrounding that and what that truly means. Um, Because, of course, God is someone to be not... He doesn't want us to be, like, afraid of him in a way that there's no relationship, but fear as in respect and reverence and all that. And so, um, looking up in the Blue Letter Bible, guys, if you've never used that resource before, (laughs) Google Blue Letter Bible. You can look up any Bible verse, and you can literally go, like, look up the words in the verses and find out what they mean, what's the root of them, get a deeper understanding. They have so many, like, commentaries, just lots of resources in that resource. (laughs) Um, It's like the Google of the Bible, Um, and it's awesome. And so, I actually looked up in just Proverbs 16.6, Um, just talking about people who fear the Lord avoid evil. And so I clicked on the word for fear. Um, And so the word for that, I can't actually say it in the best accent, but it is yura. And that means, like I said, respect and reverence. Um, and also something that's terrifying or awesome. So when you think of the word awesome, I know I'm guilty of this, saying awesome a lot. (laughs) Like, that's awesome, or you're awesome. Um, But really, when you really think about God being awesome, it goes much deeper than saying your friend is awesome, no offense to them. Um, But when you think of being in awe, like, let's say you go to the Grand Canyon, personally I haven't been there yet, but (laughs) if you go to the Grand Canyon... And you're just like, wow, jaw-dropping, like, immaculate, um, just peace of nature, like, creation, like, wow, like, you're just, like, in awe. Um, basically, you're just, like, at a loss of words. It's just so, like, wow. <laughs> so, that's God times a million. Like, when, honestly, when we are in awe of him, that's when life is good because <laughs> our focus is on him. Our focus is not on everything else going around us, uh, whether it's being distracted by other people and what they're doing or distracted by things going bad in your life. When you're focused on God and how awesome he is and just in awe of him, that's when things are good. Also, another um, way about understanding fearing the Lord that I really love is John Bevere. 
um, awesome speaker and author, he often talks about fearing the Lord as in fearing also being away from him. Like, we're so scared to be away from him because, like I was saying, it's in the sweet spot when you're near him, you're seeking him, and you're just in awe of him. And so, having that such a deep respect for God that we're so scared to be away from him and also that such a reverence for him that we're in awe of him. That is fearing the Lord. And that's the foundation of also shaping who you are and where you're going. And while being a Christ follower doesn't mean that we got to get out of jail free card for life, as in we don't have to experience any hardship troubles. Yeah, that's not real at all. If you've never been told that coming to Jesus is going to save you from our all of hardship, that's a big fat lie. Life is hard with or without Jesus, so you might as well be with Jesus because that's the only hope you got. <laughs> um, but there is awesome deep blessings. I just said the word awesome. Sorry. <laughs> um, but Psalm thirty-two nineteen says, How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching world. Um, and it's really awesome because this um, past week, I've been studying the book of Esther with a group of friends, actually, on um, an online group. So, while we all don't live in the same city or even state anymore, <laughs> we still are um, getting to study the Bible together, and that's really awesome. Um, so, going through the book of Esther, um, basically, if you're not familiar with the story, it's about a Jewish girl who ends up being chosen as a candidate um, to be a queen. So, she has to go through this really rigorous um, beautifying treatments and like a whole year to get ready to be possibly chosen to be queen, along with all these other women. So, she ends up getting chosen, and she is in the queen, so she is in a very important role. And so... She gets in a position, um, being a Jew, and nobody up until this point knows that she's even a Jew, which is really crazy, because she is a Persian queen now. And so, one of the king's um, officials, Haman, he's just this evil, horrible person, and he wants, um, just, he's just really prideful and wants to be the best favored person of the king, um, and he doesn't want anyone getting in the way of that. And so, um, actually, Queen Esther's um, adoptive father role, who is actually her cousin, um, is also a Jew, of course, and he does not bow down to Haman, as was a law that Haman had the king make for him. Um, so then he wanted to kill Mordecai, but it wasn't enough to kill Mordecai, it was also to just eliminate all of the Jews. Um, sounds a little like Hitler, huh? The Holocaust? Yeah, this happened before that. And so... What ends up happening is one night the king cannot sleep. So somebody in this day and age, if they can't sleep, um, they're gonna like take some melatonin, some sleep pills, some medication, some I don't know. They're gonna do anything, listen to music, count cheap, you know, something like that to get back to sleep, right? And especially if you're a super rich guy, um, no, exp like you're just gonna do anything you can to get back to sleep. I'm sure. Um, so this king instead, maybe he tried things, but in the biblical account of Esther, it says that he um, went to his book 
um, that was had an account of everything he did in his reign, and he goes through it, and he, like, realizes that Mordecai actually saved his life because he found out about two of his eunuch servant people that actually guarded his room, um, and the doors to his room. <laughs> they were gonna assassinate him, and Mordecai had found out and told the king and all that, even though the king, honestly, not the best guy in the world. I'm sure there's a group of people, including the people that wanted to assassinate him, that would have loved for him to be dead, uh, but instead Mordecai did the right thing and warned the king about that. And so the king is like, to his officials, he's like, did we ever do anything for this Mordecai? Did we reward him for basically saving my life? And they're like, no. And he's like, oh my. So <laughs> he, um, right at that moment when he's realizing and like, what should we do? Haman comes in, um, the, he came into the gate and the king's like, who's at the gate? And they're like, Haman. He's like, bring him in. And so, right away. So, on the way, Haman was actually coming to see the king to tell him that he wanted to hang Mordecai. I don't know how he was going to actually phrase this as a request, but he did not get to ask this request because right away, the king is like, more, uh, Haman, so what would you do to, on what should I do to honor a man, like, who's just great? And so, right away, Haman is thinking, oh, I'm the most honorable man in the king's sight. And so he can't, comes up with this elaborate plan of how he would like to be honored and tells the king. He's basically like, oh, you need to put him on your prized horse. Give him your best robes and have an official shout. This is what the king does to honor somebody that, uh, whatever, yeah, <laughs> it's honorable. And so... Basically, Haman just gives the king the wonderful plan that he wants to do to him. And the king's like, perfect, go do this for Mordecai. Mordecai is Haman's enemy, so he is just shocked. And he does it because the king told him to do it, but then he, like, rushes home after so humiliated, so humiliated. And his wife, who was, like, pro-kill Mordecai, now, his wife and his and Haman's advisors, after he tells him what just happened, he, they're like, you know, nope, you gotta stop. This is gonna be fatal. You can't go against Mordecai and the Jews anymore. Like, this is your bad luck starting with going against them. You cannot do this. So, all of these horrible, atrocious intentions that <laughs> Haman had against Mordecai, a man of God who also recently, um, Esther had her, her people and Mordecai and all the Jewish people just praying and fasting against, um, the decree that Haman had to kill all of the Jews and turned that on its back. So, long story short, the king finds out what Haman really wanted to do and then he's like, okay, Haman, you're done, you're out. And instead, they hang him on the same place that Mordecai was supposed to be hanged. And so, those people feared the Lord. They had such a respect and awe, reverence. Like, they didn't just... When they found out their people were going to be assassinated, 
they didn't just sit in a corner and cry and go into depression and not do anything about it. Instead, they fasted, they took action, and sought the Lord and trusted Him deep down inside, no matter how much fear was probably there against this decree. Trusting the Lord in that. And that is pretty big. And so, I have this really good metaphor that the Lord gave me about fearing Him and what that looks like, too. So, the metaphor for fearing the Lord is um, has to do with a teacher. Like, think public school teacher. So, when you're a student in a class, you respect the teacher. And hopefully, you're a good student. Um, so, you listen to the teacher, you respond to the teacher, and there is a fear that if you do not listen and obey the teacher and follow directions, that you will be disciplined. Things will go well if you listen and obey your teacher. Bad things happen when you do not. And you have a much more enjoyable time when you obey the teacher because you have a healthy fear of what the teacher can and will do if you do not follow. And you see the example of others when they do not obey and follow the teacher, like detention, sent out of the class, probably get to miss fun activities. So a good teacher gives clear instructions and directions and walks you and guides you to teach you and grow you and help mold you. God is more and better than any earthly teacher. He gives us all the direction and wisdom we need to follow him and obey him. But if we do not obey him as we would not obey a teacher, it shows that we do not care or have a healthy fear to stop us from doing bad and wrong. If you really think about it, the teacher can't stop you from obeying them. If there isn't a healthy fear, there's no reason to obey or even do good and right. Teachers and God are not just authorities to tell us what to do because they can. It's because there's a greater purpose. They are leading you somewhere greater than you can go if you're on your own and doing it your own way. There's an amount of trust that goes into having a healthy fear in your authorities, whether um, it's teachers or God. Ultimately, God is the one good teacher, leader, guide, counselor, and the one who couldn't love us any more or any less. So, looking at God, especially not just as a our Heavenly Father, Savior, friend, um, Father, all that, like, also seeing Him as our teacher um, just shows how much He wants to shape us, too. So, I've thought a lot about how I've changed through the years, how I told God that I wanted to be made more authentic, and how many trials and messy situations came since and how I felt hardened by that. Um, can you relate to that? Then God reminded me that he loves us enough to allow the hard stuff in our lives to shape us and mold us into more authentic people. We couldn't be made more bold before the trials or grow, especially in faith. So he restores what seems to be lost. And like a piece of untouched wood... It takes cutting and shaping and polishing to come to a greater purpose. So he sees you fit for a purpose. So let's surrender to the great carpenter. So man, God is just every single kind of leader, teacher, guide, father figure. He's just everything we should look up to as the ultimate first place person. So if you're in a place that... You feel stagnant, you feel no growth, you feel like you're just kind of floating. Realize, take inventory and see 
where your fear is of the Lord and then apply that from the ground up. Maybe you're floating and you think you fear God. Um, and so if you do, like, keep seeking him for his directions and plan for your life. Because the Bible does say that. We read in Psalms how there is so much goodness that's stored up for those who fear the Lord. And we especially have to trust that as we go through those hard times and those trials. And recognizing in that those hardships that we're being shaped and molded. And while we can look back to when we were that untouched piece of wood, um, you know, like, it's there and probably had its purpose at the time. But what a tool you can be molded into for use that God can just use you. And so being open to God as a carpenter to shape you and mold you and trusting that he knows what he's doing. And oftentimes people say, oh, God's not going to give you more than you can handle. And finally, I'm seeing things being posted on social media about how that is not true because it is not true. Um, not to burst your bubbles for people who still believe that. But guys, there's good news. <laughs> the Lord will not give you more than he can't handle for you. So basically, that's it. It's not in our ability to handle things. It's in our willingness to have faith that God will fight for us and handle things for us and bring us through things and give us what we need and equip us to go through those hard times and to come out refined by whatever kind of fire we go through. I'm sure many of you maybe have heard about how a diamond comes to be. You kind of don't just go into a quarry and dig up a diamond. Diamonds um, have been... What I mean is that diamonds aren't just coming out of nowhere. They are formed deep in the Earth's mantle by, like, deep pressure and all that. So you can you can look up and Google that. That's kind of not my point to go into diamonds and the scientific formation and all that. But basically, diamonds are, like, awesome, wow, shiny, expensive, like, very valuable. But they took time and pressure to come to that point. And you too, my friends are like the diamonds, um, being molded under pressure to become who God made you to be. So, start with fearing the Lord, asking him what his plan is for your life, and when you're going through those really rough times, don't run away from them. Just get, get into a place where you can ask the Lord about that. He's not afraid of your questions. Um, go to him for comfort and direction and trusting that he's going to see you through um, to for whatever you're going to be formed to be, which is something very valuable. I really hope that God uses um, episode today to pull some kind of golden nuggets for you, some kind of application. Um, if not, hopefully this <laughs> podcast just really encourages you to seek the Lord and his plan for your life. Uh, I'm just going to close us in prayer um, as a blessing over you guys. Okay, God, thank you so much for um, just showing us in your word the blessings, that there's even blessings despite hardships and fearing you and serving you and looking to you as our great just a great teacher, father, savior, 
or just being our go-to person. Uh, I just pray for everyone listening to this podcast that they will be able to have some kind of takeaway and just be uplifted and inspired just to just go deeper with you each day. Um, that they will know that they are blessed because they fear you and that you do have good plans for their lives, um, even in the molding and the shaping, knowing that there is a greater outcome and purpose for their lives. Thank you so much, God, and we love you.